Do you struggle to react in a gentle and loving way when your children mess up? Do you find yourself getting sick and tired of all the screaming and yelling in your house only to realize, hang on, that's you? (laughs) Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. Before we get started on today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor. I read something online recently that really pricked my heart. It said, the church should handle adoption and caring for the fatherless like we handle the Great Commission. While not everyone is called to adopt, everyone does play a role in caring for the fatherless. Friends, this is why Ginger and I are thrilled to share more about our sponsor, Lifeline Children's Services. Lifeline believes that adoption is one way that God provides families for vulnerable children who need to know the love of Christ and the love of a family. They walk with foster and adoptive families and provide them with parent coaching, educational services, and professional counseling so they can better nurture and disciple their children. Whether you're a foster or adoptive family who could use support services, or if, like my family, you want to support those who have opened their homes to these precious children, you can find out more at lifelinechild.org. Again, that's lifelinechild.org. Lifeline brings gospel hope to vulnerable children. Well, hey there, Ginger. I thought before we got started today that we should read one of our reviews. Yeah, great idea. Those are always such a blessing to us, and it definitely motivates us to keep going. That's exactly right. And for some reason that Ginger and I cannot explain, your reviews and ratings actually help more people see our podcast. Uh, Recently, we got a message from Memphis Mindy, and she said this, Episode 6 on discipline was so enlightening. Total epiphany and breakthrough from this counting to three mom. Loved the phrase, obey right away, all the way, and with a joyful heart. Memphis Mindy, we so appreciate your review, and I just love that you said with a joyful heart, because that's how I taught my kids, but it's not what all of Ginger's books say. She says with a happy heart, so I'm basically co-authoring her books now. I'm taking credit for that, (laughs) and I've been signing my name in all of her books uh, when we go to conferences. (laughs) Well, we've had so many listeners reach out from overseas also who want to access Ginger's resources, but as you know, shipping costs 10 times more than the books, if not more than that. Uh, Well, international friends, we hear you, and so we've added links to international vendors on Ginger's website. Just go to gingerhubbard.com, click on the resource you're interested in, and you'll find a link that says, click for information about international orders. Okay, let's get down to business, Ginger. Before we delve into the details of scolding and the dangers of it, I thought it would be helpful to define the word. So scolding is angrily rebuking or reprimanding. So Ginger, we talk about giving a rebuke when we talk about your three steps to reaching the hearts of our children. But I think the emphasis here when we talk about scolding is on the anger and therefore our motivation behind it. Mm -hmm, That's right. The problem with scolding is that it comes from an angry heart. And when we respond in anger to our kids by scolding them, we provoke anger in their hearts. We're told in Proverbs that harsh words stir up anger. So we need to make every effort not to scold our kids. 
we know we're ready to reprove our children biblically when we can speak to them in a normal tone of voice and with carefully measured words. Proverbs fifteen twenty eight says, The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. Let me just give a quick example um, of one of the times when I was really struggling with anger and I was very tempted to scold my kids. Mm. Now, of course, this is when my kids were young, years ago when they were still little. And they wanted to go outside and play one afternoon. And it was unusually cold in Alabama on this particular day. We don't get tons of cold weather down here, but it was actually down in the 30s on this day. no. And Mm -mm. so Alex, yeah, so they want to go outside and play. She was, I think, (laughs) probably four or five at the time. And she has just always, for whatever reason, loved being barefooted. (laughs) I remember one time she actually wound up going to church barefooted because we were already in the parking lot before I realized she didn't bring her shoes. Uh, But, you know, that's okay. It's Alabama, we can do anything. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) Now that I've moved from Alabama, I can say that. Oh, all those Alabama people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're all the way in Georgia. Yeah, I'm all the way in Georgia. So much better. Oh, so much more sophisticated in Georgia. (laughs) Yeah. So my kids, they were headed outside, and as usual, Alex didn't have her shoes on. So I stopped her on the way out and I said, Alex, you may not play outside without your shoes on today. It's too cold. Go put your shoes on before you go outside. And she said, yes, ma'am. Well, after about 20 minutes or so, I'm taking the trash outside and I find Alex running around on bare feet that have now turned a bluish purple color. (laughs) And not only that, but her pants were a little bit too long for her. And so without her shoes on, they dragged the ground. So after grinding the bottom of her brand new pants into our concrete driveway for 20 minutes, Mm. she now has two holes in her brand new pants. So to put it mildly, I am ticked. (laughs) You see, Alex was given clear instructions. She definitely understood those instructions, and she had a choice. She could either obey or disobey, and obviously, she chose to disobey. And now, I also have a choice. There are two ways that I can respond. I can scold her. I can say, Alex, I told you to put your shoes on. Now your feet are half frozen. And just look at what you've done to your pants. Your daddy worked so hard to buy you these pants, and this is how you show your appreciation. You just see how fast you can get your tail in your room. You are in big trouble, young lady. Or, or, or I could say, Alex, I told you to put your shoes on before you went outside. Now, have you obeyed or have you disobeyed? And once she acknowledges that she's disobeyed, I could come back with, well, you know what, honey? God says that children are to obey their parents, and I love you too much to allow you to disobey. Mm. Now, you need to go in your room, and I'll be in there in just a minute, and we'll deal with this. Now, let me ask you, which response do you think she'll be more receptive to? Mm. Which one shows unconditional love and careful instruction? Which one is she going to learn from without being provoked to anger? We need to remember that scolding is an angry response. And Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Well, Ginger, I've been to enough of your seminars that I've heard this story before. Uh, So why don't you tell our listeners, though, how you responded to Alex? 
<laughs> you know, Katie, I think your username, which is Katie in a corner for those of you who don't know what her username is, I think that stems from your expert ability to back other people in a corner. <laughs> How did you wind up with that username anyway? I don't think I've ever asked you that. And, and please don't tell me it's from Dirty Dancing. Okay. Well, I know what you're doing right now, Ginger. You're trying to deflect and avoid my question and get us <laughs> off track. But to answer your question, yes, it is from Dirty Dancing, mm-hmm. which is a horrible movie that I will never let my children watch. <laughs> Pretty much all of my favorite childhood movies are so terrible, I'll never let my kids watch mm-hmm. them. See, mm-hmm. though, you got us distracted, Ginger. Tell us how you responded to Alex. <laughs> well, I'm sure we loved all the same 80s movies, but you're right, Katie. Oh my goodness. When I go back and watch those movies oh. now, I mean, it's like, this is a horrible message. Yeah, yeah. But, okay, all right. So back to Alex. Mm. And okay, I'm willing <laughs> to make the full confession here, but not before I tell you the events that led up to my epic failure as a mom this day. Mm. <laughs> the reason I remember this particular time I blew it is because I also remember the complete nightmare that whole day had been. I mean, it started right from the beginning. Seriously, it could have been a reality show for a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> it was awful. Not that having a bad day gives any of us an excuse to respond in anger and scold our kids, but just to say that I know from personal experience how circumstances and emotions can definitely mm-hmm. play a huge part in our reactions and make it more tempting for us to respond sinfully to our kids. Like I said, my whole day started out bad. Uh, One of my kids had a checkup with our pediatrician, and we had their very first appointment of the morning. So I thought I had set my clock to get up early, but I must not have set it right because it didn't go off. And so I thought I'd set it for 6, and when I rolled over and looked at the clock, it was 7.15. Oh, no. I had exactly 45 minutes to brush my teeth get dressed, get two kids under the age of eight dressed, and run through a drive through for breakfast because there was no food in the house and taking two kids to the pediatrician. Hungry was not an option. No. So I was in immediate state of panic as soon as I saw what time it was. So I jumped out of bed and stepped right into a puddle of dog pee. Oh, crap. <laughs> I will say, though, that I made record time getting everyone dressed and in the car. But by the time we left Burger King, the drive through which was packed, of course, we had exactly two and a half minutes to get all the way across town. So I pulled out onto the highway, and we immediately wind up behind Morgan Freeman driving Miss Daisy. (laughs) And she obviously didn't have an eight o'clock appointment. They were in no hurry at all, uh, going way under the speed limit. And so I tried to pass. But as soon as I started easing over into the left lane, the guy in the car behind me was super impatient and he decided that he didn't want to wait. So he jerks over into the left lane, floors it to try to get around me, which forced Uh. me back into the right lane behind Miss Daisy. (laughs) And so I was so mad, Katie, because I almost didn't get back over in time. Um, I mean, he probably came like two inches from scraping the side of my car. And then what made me even madder is while he was passing, I looked over and I saw that he had a biscuit in one hand and a coffee in the other. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the people I love to get stuck behind in traffic because they're swerving all over the road, either going 15 miles under the speed limit or way over. And then when you get up beside them, they're texting or face first in a burrito. I mean, it just makes me crazy. Absolutely <laughs> I know. crazy. I know, I know. And I was so mad. I almost dropped my hash browns. <laughs> so, so we finally got to the appointment 15 minutes late. And lo and behold, as soon as I walk into that uh, pediatric clinic, who is sitting there in the waiting room with his toddler, 
but my ex-boyfriend from high school. <gasps> no. And you have to understand Mm-mm. here. Now, remember, Mm-mm. I had to get ready really, really quick. So <laughs> I was wearing faded sweatpants, an oversized T-shirt with a ketchup stain on the sleeve, oh. flip-flops, no makeup, and m- m- my hair was pulled up in a chip clip. And you smelled of dog pee, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did actually wipe that off before we left. <laughs> okay. And I mean, you know, not that I'm trying to in- impress my ex-boyfriend or anything like that. I mean, a happily married woman here, but I'd be lying if I didn't say, I was a little embarrassed. Mm. (laughs) And of course, at that exact moment when he looked up and saw me, Alex yelled, Mom, I got to go (laughs) (laughs) poo-poo. And then to top it off, after all that, I ran over a squirrel on the drive back home. And he didn't die immediately. I looked in the rearview mirror and he was all flailing and flapping on the road. (laughs) And I just can't stand to see any of God's creatures suffer. I I love squirrels. I've always loved squirrels. We actually have a squirrel living on our back back deck right now that I'm feeding. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, I won't mention what my father-in-law does to the squirrels on his back porch. No, no. But in his defense, you know, I'm pretty sure they're provoking him to anger. <laughs> oh, I, I do have a quick story to tell you, Ginger. We, yeah. We've just moved into this new house in Georgia, and we have a fireplace in our bedroom, which seemed all romantic and wonderful, <laughs> until the first morning we woke up, and there was scratching. I heard oh, scratching. No. I woke up to scratching. And then the next day, I woke up to scratching. And day three, I was like, okay, I'm calling the exterminator. I can't handle this anymore. And uh, when he got up on the roof, my husband heard him say, I have never seen this before. (laughs) And there were carcasses all over, like dead animal carcasses all over the top of our chimney. Oh, no. And so apparently a very large bird has been grabbing everything in sight and eating it on top of our chimney. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, that was way off track. But, um, oh, no. So they got it all squirrel. cleaned up. I well, yeah, that, that owl or whatever's on, on our house probably <laughs> got a lot of squirrels. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, okay. So yeah, so back to my day, it had really gone from bad to worse. Mm. So well, let's just do a quick recap here. <laughs> Alarm clock failure, dog pee. Close call, could have been fatal car wreck, total disgrace in the waiting room, and now I've murdered an innocent <laughs> And let me just say, it, you know, it was a lot to take in before 10 o'clock in the morning. So at this point, I have com- come completely undone, completely over the edge, and I reacted like any Jesus-saved Southern race female would react. I started crying. (laughs) So fast forward, cry all the way home. Fast forward about one hour and we are back home, back to the scene with Alex Mm -hmm. where I'm taking the trash out and there she stands with bluish purple feet and holes in her brand new pants. Mm -hmm. And I told you guys I had two options. She had disobeyed, but I've got two options. I could either gently rebuke her and lovingly discipline her for disobeying, or I could go on an all-out scolding rant. And unfortunately, in answer to your question, Katie, I went for option two. Mm. I blasted her with angry words. Mm. And when I finally finished verbally unloading both barrels, Mm. she burst into tears and ran into her room. And that is when conviction set in. I had sinned against God and I had sinned against Alex and it broke my heart. And all that to say that circumstances and emotions, they can play a huge part in our reactions, but that doesn't make them any less sinful or any less hurtful. Oh, that is such an awful feeling, Ginger. Mm. I've had a few times in my parenting that I chose to, as you so eloquently said, unload both barrels. And the looks on my kids' faces just broke my heart. 
you know, one time I can't even remember why I was angry, but I will never forget the fear in their eyes as they saw me react in sinful anger. Mm -hmm. I was so convicted by that and since then have worked and prayed really hard, you know, not to be reactive in that way. I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8:36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm, and I was like, yeah, Dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. <laughs> and he said, well, I never noticed that before. <laughs> And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's word in your heart, go to dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that's dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10. One of our most hilarious church moments happened before COVID, you know, back when we were allowed to sit next to people. Well, my son had brought his favorite Lightning McQueen car with him that particular Sunday. We were sitting in the middle of our very large church, so literally thousands of people, when suddenly lightning hit the floor and he rolled and he rolled and he rolled all the way to the front of the church. And then some amazing person at the front, probably a dad, just picked up the car and without even looking back, he just passed it over his shoulder to the row behind him. And that person passed it back and back all the way until lightning was returned and my face was pretty much as red as that car. That story is one of the main reasons I'm so excited to share more about our sponsor, Not Consumed. Not Consumed is a family-owned ministry with dozens of products to help you and your family grow in faith. Their Bible studies for kids and families are amazing and so helpful. I love the one entitled My Brother's Keeper, but my favorite product is the Sermon Notebook. I just love that this is a way for our kids, as young as four years old even, to stay engaged with the sermon rather than distracting the entire church. To find out more about Not Consumed Ministries' incredible catalog of products and to download their free family Bible study, just visit notconsumed.com slash ginger. Again, that's notconsumed.com slash ginger. So, Ginger, what did you do after you reacted to Alex that way, who I need to add here is not permanently scarred from Ginger's <laughs> outburst. So let's not panic uh, if and when we blow it from time to time. That's right. Most of us are going to blow it sometimes. Mm. I mean, it's just unavoidable. And on this particular day, I blew it big time. So where did I go from there? I asked for God's forgiveness. And then I went into Alex's room and I climbed up in bed with her and I asked for her forgiveness. Mm. And God's grace came down. You know, God used the way that I was willing to humble myself and the way that I responded to the conviction of the Holy Spirit to do a work in Alex's heart. And so after I confessed and asked her forgiveness, Alex followed my example and she did the same. Mm. She asked her forgiveness for disobeying. And so, you know, Alex blew it 
and I blew it, but God used that whole ugly mess to do a work in both of our hearts. In our parenting, we are, like Katie said, we're not always going to get it right. But when we respond with humility and we ask for God's grace, He is always faithful to give it to us. And He's always faithful to use our weaknesses for His glory. I just love how you describe that work of the Holy Spirit in both of your hearts, because God is so faithful when we humble ourselves before Him. And what a great gift to give our children when we're willing to admit our wrongs rather than just ignoring them or justifying them because, you know, we're supposed to be the grown-up in the situation. Yep. The times we really blow it, we really have an opportunity to be an example to our children and to model for them how it looks to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit in a way that pleases God. And as far as our struggle to not scold our children, I have found that there are two things that really can drastically improve our ability to respond wisely and calmly and effectively, regardless of circumstances and emotions. And that's having prayer time and having a plan. Pray, pray, pray. And as far as the plan, it's the same plan that you're going to hear Katie and me talk about so often on this podcast. Uh, We just use different scenarios and situations and give specific examples of how to implement it. And the reason you're going to hear us encourage this plan so much is because it's a plan worth repeating. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's a plan that's based on the truths of God's word. Here's the main thing about scolding uh, that we really want to keep in mind. Scolding is an angry and sinful reaction that brings pain, but biblical discipline is a gentle and loving response that brings peace. Yep. I'm going to need you to say that one again. That's just too great. Say that again, Ginger. (laughs) Scolding is an angry and sinful reaction that brings pain, Mm. but biblical discipline is a gentle and loving response that brings peace. Mm, That's great. So when our children are in need of correction, Let's just quickly run through a self-controlled, loving plan for responding biblically rather than reacting sinfully. So three steps. Step one is heart-probing questions. This helps us move past that outward behavior and address the issues of the heart. Also, as our children answer these questions, it helps them to take ownership for the sin that's in their hearts, which is going to help them recognize their need for Jesus. You know, the thing I love about heart-probing questions is that they prevent me from asking my default rhetorical question. Well, I guess it's not really rhetorical, but why did you do that? Uh, No child knows why they did that. They can't answer that question. Most adults can't answer that question. Uh, And that's why I love having my Wise Words for Moms chart handy so that I'm prepared with those heart-probing questions. Yeah, that's how it was for me when mine were growing up too. Because having those pre-thought-out questions right in front of us It just gets us moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And then steps two and three are based on Ephesians 4, 22 and 23, which says that we are to put off sin and put on righteousness. So step two is what to put off. We want to warn our kids uh, what God's Word says about that particular behavior and what it can lead to if it's continued. And then step three, of course, is what to put on. We want to encourage them and how to replace what is wrong with what is right in accordance with God's Word. Okay, let me just recap for those who might not be the best at auditory retention. So step one is to ask heart-probing questions. Step two is telling the child what they are to put off according to God's Word. And step three is encouraging them with what to put on according to God's Word. So Ginger, can you continue with your example and just tell us how that would have played out with Alex if you hadn't 
you know, gone on a chip clip, dead squirrel, ex-boyfriend induced meltdown, (laughs) which is probably funny, you know, now that your kids are grown, but it feels very overwhelming when you're in the throes of it. Oh yeah. Easy to laugh about now, but (laughs) not so much fun when it was all going down. (laughs) The whole thing was pretty ugly. So in the scenario with Alex, had I responded the right way, I would have probed her heart by asking, Alex, have you obeyed or have you disobeyed? And if she didn't answer, which so many kids don't sometimes, I would have just answered for her instead of getting into a power struggle. Mm-hmm. That's I'd key. Say, <laughs> yep, I'd say, sweetie, you disobeyed. I told you to put your shoes on before you went outside and you didn't. And, you know, even if I have to answer for her, she's still pondering that question in her heart. Mm-hmm. Another question honey, how does God want you to obey? And we can teach our kids that God wants them to obey all the way, right away, and with a happy heart, or as Katie's kids say, with a joyful heart. (laughs) And then for step two, I would have told her what to put off, which is disobedience. I would have worded Ephesians 6 verses 1 through 3 in a way that a four or five-year-old could easily understand. In my wise words for mom's chart, I word it like this. When you disobey me, you're disobeying God, and it will not go well with you. I love you too much to allow you to disobey. Mm. And then for step three, I would have told her what to put on, which is obedience. I would have said, honey, God's word says children obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And that's taken from Colossians 3.20. Ginger, I want to point out that it took you, what, like 15 seconds to say all of that? This whole process should not go on for eternity, Mm, especially for younger children. That's a surefire way to get our kids to tune completely out. Mm. Uh, I have found that some of the very best conversations have happened with my kids while going through these three steps, but they're usually prompted by my kids and not my constant droning on and on. As a matter of fact, you know, I just stopped to think about the fact that most of our most precious gospel conversations have happened during this process. I imagine it's much easier for our children to open up and share their hearts when they're not when we're not absolutely unloading on them. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, Ginger, and like all of our listeners, we don't always get it right when it comes to not scolding our children. But I have a situation that happened recently with my kids, and I was so encouraged by it. Mm-hmm. So two of my children, not naming names, got themselves into an argument while standing on a ladder. So (laughs) this perfect parenting right there already. (laughs) So one child was standing at the top of the ladder and one was at the bottom. And they both refused to move to the point where they were screaming and banging on the ladder (sighs) for one of us, my husband or me, to come solve this problem for them. So, you know, we figured they wouldn't stay there all day. So we just told them, you know, we would not help them solve this problem. They had the tools they needed to solve it for themselves. Uh, It also helped that one of the kids asked if they could do something fun later. I mean, from the ladder, hey, can we we swim later? And my husband was like, not if you can't get along. So, you know, they didn't stay on the ladder very long after that. Uh, A few minutes later, though, I did go in to talk to the older child. First, I kid you not, I consulted my wise words for mom's chart. I looked for the section, Ginger, on ladder standoffs, but you failed to list that one. So (laughs) instead, I'll get right on that. Yeah, I know. I mean, why didn't you think of that? So instead, I went with selfishness. So I could have gone with any number of other issues like quarreling or conflict resolution, but selfishness really worked well in this situation. So I asked this child, were you putting your sibling ahead of yourself or were you being selfish? Mm. The answer was extremely clear, and this child responded appropriately. But 
there was a deeper issue at work and I could see it in this child's eyes. So I probed a little bit further and said, what sins did you commit in this situation? Um, There were several, so I didn't think it would be such a difficult question, but it was. And I realized that our kids need lots of help identifying sin in their own hearts. So instead of just rattling them off for myself, I asked a different question. I said, what is sin? And thanks to our memory work with the New City Catechism, and by the way, I highly recommend that app. We'll uh, put a link to it in the show notes. But uh, this child more or less remembered that sin is rejecting or ignoring what God wants us to do and not being or doing what he requires in his law. So I was able to discuss this without making a single accusation. I simply asked questions that weren't accusatory or condescending. And later, this child actually came to us completely unprompted and asked to buy a toy for the other siblings. Mm -hmm. So I tell this story not because I want to point out how well I'm doing over here, uh, the fact that my kids had a 15-minute standoff on a ladder should be evidence <laughs> enough that we don't have it all figured out. Uh, but I do want to point out that having a plan was what saved me from losing self-control in that situation. Mm. You know, scolding is sinful, but it's also a really bad habit. And so the way to stop a bad habit is to know what to replace that behavior with. So in this case, I was able to replace scolding with heart-probing questions. Now, because we've talked extensively about it, I want to remind our listeners that your Wise Words for Moms chart is where they can find the help they need to facilitate these conversations. So if you struggle with knowing the right kind of heart-probing questions for the different struggles your kids are facing, you'll find Ginger's Wise Words for Moms chart a really handy tool because she breaks down 22 different behaviors, Um, not ladder standoffs, but ones like (laughs) whining, lying, tattling, complaining. Those are just a few examples. And she shows you how to use these same three steps for all 22 different behaviors. Um, Ginger, you provide us with suggested heart probing questions as well as verses that uh, we can use for the put on and put off steps. Parents, these charts are only $5 and that's just a really small price that will make an incredibly valuable investment in the hearts of your kids. So we've established what scolding is and what to do when we're tempted to react that way toward our children. But the title of this episode, Ginger, is The Dangers of Scolding. So can you tell us why scolding is a dangerous way to react to our children? Sure. We touched on it at the beginning, but scolding is an angry response that will provoke anger in our children. And the bottom line is that anger will cause our children to resent rather than repent. Mm. Ephesians 6.4 tells us to not exasperate our children, but to bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Angry scolding does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. James 1.19 and 20 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Mm. So as we mentioned earlier, but uh, I think we should repeat it here, We're ready to reprove our children biblically when we can speak to them in a normal tone of voice and with carefully measured words. Remember that we're told in Proverbs that the heart of the righteous weighs its answers and that a gentle answer turns away wrath. So as parents who want the very best for our kids, let's keep that wisdom close to our hearts so that our instruction is overflowing with love and gentleness and kindness, because that is the instruction that God blesses and uses to do a work in the hearts of our kids. 
Well, before I ask Ginger to leave us with one final word of encouragement, I want to remind everyone about the fun summer giveaway Ginger has going on on Instagram right now in cooperation with our sponsor, Rainbow Resource Center. So in last week's episode, we talked about fun ideas for a productive summer, and Ginger highly recommended the Draw Right Now books. Yes, those are fantastic. If you guys missed last week's episode, I talked about how much my kids loved these books. I mean, they spent hours learning how to draw beautiful, colorful pictures through uh, the easy step-by-step instructions these books provide. We actually wound up framing a ton of my kids' pictures, and that's what we used to decorate the walls of our schoolroom. It was just super cute. If you want something really fun and productive for your kids to do this summer, that's also educational, but you don't have to tell them that, (laughs) trust me, they will love these books. We're giving away a whole box set of all eight volumes on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Compliments, like Katie said, of one of our wonderful sponsors, Rainbow Resource Center. So just follow me at ginger.hubbard for very simple details on how to enter. Again, that's at ginger.hubbard on Instagram to enter. Oh, and also, I before we go, I have some speaking events coming up in Bourbonnet, Illinois, and Denver, Colorado. So if you guys are in or near those areas, I would absolutely love to meet you in person. I'll be speaking at the Illinois Christian Home Educators Conference June 3rd through 5th, and then I'll be at the Rocky Mountain Homeschool Conference from June 17th through 19th. Uh, you can check out the details on my speaking schedule at gingerhubbard.com. And again, I would love to meet you guys at one of these events. All right, so final word of encouragement. We talked about the importance of praying and having a plan of action. Those are the tools that will help us to put off scolding and to put on gentle and loving instruction. So in this episode, we've talked a lot about the plan, so I think it's only appropriate that we end with prayer. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the children that you have entrusted to our care, and we ask that you would grant us the wisdom we need to point our children to their deep need for you. Lord, help us to not walk in condemnation when we blow it, but convict us when we sin against you and when we sin against our children, and lead us, Lord, in how to humbly make things right so that you would be glorified in our weaknesses. Use our failures as a means for us and our children to better understand your forgiveness and to better understand your grace. And Lord, we ask that you bless our efforts to raise our children in your ways. Um, that you would be praised and honored and glorified in their lives and in ours. To you be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ginger. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, could you leave us a rating or review? This helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. Also, while you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering 10% off her Wise Words for Moms chart and her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue. To get your 10% discount on these great resources, just use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Once upon a time, there was a homeschooling mom named Shoparella who had a problem. She loved buying shiny new books, all the books, and she especially loved buying new curricula for her mice. This isn't a perfect analogy, but just hang with me. Unfortunately, she sometimes spent money on books and curricula that just didn't fit. Kind of like trying to shove a glass slipper on her stepsister's janky feet. But what Shoparella really needed was a team of fairy curriculum consultants named Janice, Deanne, Sarah, Gina, Ruth, and Judy. Yes, these are their real names to help her make good curriculum choices. Thankfully, Shoparella found Rainbow Resource Center. Rainbow Resource Center is a family-owned business serving the homeschool community since 1989. Basically, they've been around since uh, Shoparella was very, very young. Even if you don't homeschool, Rainbow Resource Center is a wonderful place to get educational gifts for kids of all ages. You can sort their huge catalog of resources by grade and by subject to get the best educational products for your family. But hurry, because on the stroke of 12, everything will be as it was before, meaning you can get their great prices all day, every day at rainbowresource.com. Again, that's rainbowresource.com and get free shipping on orders over $50 and live happily ever after the delivery truck arrives.